This is Marketable, a Notice Pictures podcast that explores the ever-changing landscape faced by marketing teams. Hello, marketers. Yep, I'm trying it again. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to work. I, I kind of don't think it's going to work. Did you notice the vibrato that I added in there? Yeah, classically trained singer. I am not. But anyway, it is Monday, June 19th. Not sure why that's relevant. We've never noted the date before in an episode, but there's a first time for everything. So getting to the business of the day, as promised in the previous two episodes, we are going to be sharing with you the full unedited, I mean, we're going to clean it up a little bit, but we're not taking anything substantive out, mostly unedited version of our conversation with Zen Booth at Neocon. This will be the final installment of our Neocon 2023 series. We hope you've enjoyed it. We know we enjoyed making it and having all the conversations. And this one was a standout, I would say. First of all, as we've said before, and as is clearly a by the quality of the sound, we are recording from within one of Zen Booth's amazing Privacy Booth products, and it was so comfortable, so aesthetically pleasing, and we just kind of sank in and actually had, you know, a 15-minute plus conversation, whereas with the other booths, we really felt the need to kind of get our questions out and then move along so that they could get back to work. I think that anybody would have been willing to talk to us for a longer period of time because we're two very charming individuals. But with the Zen Booth folks, we were just, I think, you know, we kept saying the word surprised and interesting and all of this because we would ask these questions sort of expecting one answer and then they'd throw a curveball at us. And it was just really enjoyable, lovely people. So Without further ado, let's hear our conversation from the Neocon floor with Zen Booth founder Sam Johnson and head of marketing. Is that her title? Man- marketing manager? Let's look this up. Get it right. You know, Ryan, this is why you do research before the episode. Very unprofessional. Sales marketing lead. Okay. I'm not even going to edit that out because... Sometimes being embarrassed in front of millions of listeners is just the tool to change a behavior. At least that's what my parents practiced. So let's do this right. This is our conversation with Zen Booth founder, Sam Johnson, and Bex Hartke, who is their sales marketing lead. We're really curious, um, and the whole ethos of the podcast is really to, because the marketing industry is always changing constantly, especially with technology and exponential growth in that area. So really simply, you know, what platform um, or platforms do you guys find yourself leveraging the most in order to reach your customers? Is it LinkedIn? Is it uh, Instagram? You know, YouTube? What are you guys using? Bex, I kind of want to hand that over to you. Yeah, I feel like you can answer, but (laughs) I'm a little bit more in the weeds on that one. Um, So we typically, because we're so B2B, we don't see a lot of traffic through our social media. Um, We do see some from LinkedIn, um, but most of our our 
business comes straight through Google, whether that's Google Ads or most of our business actually comes through organic search. Um, we have been in the industry for a very long time, so our domain is, it's got some good juice to it. Um, and so we actually have twice as much organic uh, traffic to our site as we do paid traffic, but that's where most of our customers are coming from. Do you find that that's, when you talk to other people in the field, are you finding that trending in that direction or is that unique, do you think, to Zenbooth? I feel like it is kind of both. Um, we we have some big competitors that they do more on social media. Um, and email marketing, of course, is part of all of that, as we all know. Um, email marketing is not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> but in terms of, you know, where people are actually getting their their traffic from, I do feel like most of the people that I speak with are getting it mostly from uh, just Google searches from specifically because we have such a niche uh, market. It is something that when you're searching for a privacy booth, um, there are very few options at this stage. Yeah, and I should say actually at this point that we are in fact in a Zen booth right now, and uh, I'm sure that the listeners can tell the difference between the other interviews that we've done out on the you know ex exhibition floor. How did you you know get into this uh, particular field? Yeah, so I started working in tech and in open offices in the co-working environments and experienced a lot of distractions there and had like many awkward private, like trying to have private conversations in a space. And so that was like seven years ago. There weren't any easy solutions. So we were the first company doing flat pack office phone booths, privacy pods in the US. And um, how do you, w when you started the company, what, what's the brand, you know, story that you want to tell, like, in your marketing and in your outreach? You know, there are, uh, we've seen a few other kind of privacy booths. We've been in co-working spaces in the past and seen them. How does, how do you differentiate Zen Booth from the others? Okay, so actually, I want to just briefly flip this question on you and see, you've been in our booth just for, what, a couple minutes? What's standing out to you well, compared to the other ones? It's, comfortable the the uh climate mm -hmm. specifically is what because when i've been in um ones in co-working spaces you can be in there for like you know five maybe ten minutes and it's like okay i'm hot like mm -hmm. i gotta get out of here but wow. yeah that's that's the first thing that i notice in here yeah mm -hmm. i also feel like i just kind of stepped into a room mm -hmm. versus like a spaceship or like <laughs> yeah. a, you know or like some big piece of plastic yep. you know yeah. what i mean like that doesn't feel organic at all that feels very fake like that's kind of the thing that struck me most when I just stepped into it here I, I love that so and I love that we got your answer first because we're positioning ourselves as friendly for people planet and your wallet and so that kind of comes through you know so mm -hmm. on the people side we go for comfort accessibility natural materials mm -hmm. functions that they need and nice to have like adjustable desks and ergonomics the skylight i was um, really, really surprised about that when we came in actually that's something i'd never seen before right. in, in a booth that it had you know a, a skylight whether because of um just to, to be able to do it or sound or you've got other stuff up there mm -hmm. that was i was really surprised and i think it makes it feel bigger right and then the other part of that is planet and right. so that's not natural materials that look natural so you get that connection to nature immediately and and i don't understand why more companies don't do that mm -hmm. given we are 
returning to office or in some case being forced back to office and it's like come on bring some nature inside mm-hmm. and at the show here we've also got plants and we're partners with some companies doing plants to like really bring that nature in and of course take care of the planet through lots of use of sustainable materials mm-hmm. and so what's the strategy then to distill that message you know um, whether it's an email outreach or uh, you know on your website is it photo video copy I'm sure it's all of the above but what do you find most effective so this isn't the formal marketing answer, but I just jumped to emojis. Emojis are a big deal a, for us. A plant in the, in the subject line will go a, a long way. Yeah. You know? That's interesting. <laughs> no, like, it's really true. The visual of like our marketing approach, we very much, uh, part of our even, you know, friendly for people is that we want to be approachable. We want all of our marketing to be like you would be talking to a normal person. And so to that effect, we use emojis all the time in our marketing, in our emails, in our social posts, in our copy, on our website, like in everywhere. Our employment contract yes, as well. Yes, literally on our employment, like contract. our employment contract. In our business, we yeah. do it. You have the little money on emoji our next to <laughs> Any, Anywhere that we can actually make uh, more inclusivity um, and not, you know, not make it this this top shelf experience. We're we're really trying to bring it down to everybody's level and make it something that anyone can have comfort and privacy wherever they are. Yeah, and that's just so interesting that like you can state like documented proof. Like <laughs> if we put an emoji in the subject line, it works. Because I find like we'll sometimes do cold email outreach to people, and I find that I'm really struggling to not sound like a bot, you know? And and it's one of those things where it's like, you're trying to convince somebody that you're not crazy and by doing it, you sound crazy. Yeah. And I just get stuck in a, you know, uh, a vortex in my mind of, wait, does this sound like a bot wrote it? I gotta put some personality, but now I know I'm gonna use emoji yes. in there. Yeah, I mean, it, it just makes it more personal. It makes it more human. Um, and that's really what we're going for. We're really going for human-human interaction. And even all of our sales interactions, you know, we, we very much focus on human-to-human. Um, and we, we are a very lean team. We do a lot with very few. Um, and part of the reason why we're able to do that is because we, we really carry each other in, in that. Like, we're friendly for people, not just the people who buy our booths, but also within the company, that is a huge part of our ethos. That actually brings me to my final two questions. The first being, you know, the hot topic of the day is AI and ChatGPT and all of that kind of thing. You know, I feel like people come down one side or the other. They're either terrified um, of it or uh, they're really excited and interested in it. And we could talk forever, I'm sure, about the Terminator scenario where, (laughs) you know, but from a marketing context, um, you know, how do you all feel um, about AI? Is it something that freaks you out or is it something that you're excited to leverage and and have you? I'll go go first on practical uses and then you can add. So I'd say we're pretty, you know, we're, we're in the Bay Area, so a little tech forward already, and I'd say... Um, and we're a young company. Yeah, and, and so it's... Like, hu- in, not in our age of the company, but in the people. Your team. Yeah. <laughs> yes, our yeah. team is younger. And, and I feel like, you know, having survived a pandemic as a company supplying to offices, we've seen a lot more scary things than AI at this point. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and so a couple ways we've used it. Um, we've used it... There's award submissions for this conference, and so... Often we have to, you know, take a bulleted list of features and explain how we help with the built environment and things like that. And it can really help speed up award submissions. 
Um, on a more forward-looking thing, I'm actually quite excited about what can be done on the visual side. And so there's some tools we've played with where you can see what a phone would booth would look like in different environments. So you can kind of change the look and feel. So a lot of the visual stuff is extremely exciting for interior design because people often howl this look with different furniture. And the booth we're in here, there's already tools available where you could be like, what will this look like with mid-century furniture on the inside? Mm -hmm. um, so those are two exciting uses. Yeah, and, and I mean, uh, like, it's interesting because part of... Uh, again, part of our ethos is being friendly for people. And so part of that is, you know, it, not everyone has the ability to hire a design team and see what the, the booth is going to look like in their space. So AI actually, ironically, makes design friendlier for people <laughs> and more accessible to more people um, than, you know, the current process. The client that we're out here working with is actually one of our oldest clients uh, is Benjamin Moore. And so they're a paint company. And I'm just waiting for the app that they create where I can like hold my phone up in augmented reality mode and like paint a room, yes. you know, um, and have a look at that. And uh, same thing, I'm sure, you know, to be able to place a booth into a space and work mm -hmm. with it does seem actually really promising. Um, and last question, you know, we're at Neocon um, and you all are talking about how, you know, that person to person connection is so important. And uh, I feel like some people um, have sort of, you know, lost interest in the trade show uh, as a uh, a mode for connecting. Where do you all come down on that, on the value of packing everything up, traveling it halfway across the country from the Bay Area? You know, is is the ROI still there for you all? So the, the, <laughs> the trick with trade shows, I think, is to take a more holistic calculation on the ROI. Yeah. So we, we have looked at just the sales that come through and sometimes they'll pay for the show and a little bit more, but you want to look for more than that on your marketing spend. And so... Um, the thing that I've actually learned about industry or customer events, they create a fixed deadline that you can't can't move. And so a lot of product development and marketing development happens in advance of the trade show and just creating a company deadline that is that is real, mm -hmm. not like an internal deadline, can help move a lot of innovation forward. Yeah. So that in itself is worth the tens of thousands of dollars that are spent. And then additionally, we've got a semi-remote team. And so we bring everyone together. And and like like I think we already feel like Bex works with I'm in I'm in Berkeley, Bex is in Portland, and we kinda of already feel like, oh, it's like we've been here for a couple of hours, that's like already worth it. And it's also I mean this trade show specifically has been where we have met most, if not like a majority of our vendors. Um, and that it is that person-to-person -person connection because we, you know, when you meet somebody and you hear the background of their company, you are able to really see if they, if the values align, if the company aligns so much more than any kind of email or phone call. How do you, uh, the trade show approach, how does that integrate to your overall marketing approach as far as visuals, as far as positioning? You know, how is it is it its own thing that kind of lives separately or is it integrated? How do you work that? Um, in some ways, I would say that the trade show helps give us actually like a motivator and a deadline for like Sam saying for kind of trying to figure out, OK, what is our voice? What is our brand? What are our colors? Where where are we going to really put our emphasis on? Um, um, and so in, in that way, I would say it is integrated, but uh, if, uh, 
it's almost like more that the trade show is motivating the overall. Um, it helps kind of guide and give us some sort of clear anchor that we are shooting for. Because we recognize like, oh, we are doing a unique audience here that is not necessary, uh, necessarily our direct customer. However, we are also really clarifying our own values in this whole process. Um, and it really helps us to get an anchor to our values rather than trying to, you know, put on a show for everyone else. Right. Like we redid our website a couple of years ago and just that was such an exercise in like, okay, we've got to figure out how we tell our entire story, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it was, it's super valuable. Yeah. And I just say like, I applaud you all for what, how you're outward facing here in in color palette, in design, in feel. You've ha you have a, a large footprint, mm -hmm. right? But it feels very unified. It also feels like calming, mm -hmm. you know? You're not like smashing me with loud colors or things like that. Like it just, the vibe of it was interesting to us, which is why we wanted to come over and, yeah. and talk to you. Like I, I, it was impactful without like maybe being the things that you think you need to be in a big room with a bunch of other vendors to be impactful yes. so it definitely registered for us oh, thank you for saying that that makes like makes me so happy because i feel like that is always our goal is to create calm yep. and to create a space that invites people in yep. like that's really always our goal and so the fact that 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 is what you felt oh, yeah mission accomplished, mission accomplished for sure awesome. and, and i think i think what's layering on there is we're a design company as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like a design and manufacturing business with a lot of capabilities. And, um, you know, you'll see this when we're talking about tying the space together, we're sponsored all these columns with acoustic felt. And what happened behind the scenes is we literally had like paper models and we're like, should we put trees here? Should we put, um, should we put birds here? Is it too noisy? Then we prototyped and like, ah, the brand's too prominent, you know, and yeah. like we're, we're focusing a lot more than the feeling because we know feeling first and then yeah. the the brand connection will follow right yeah yeah i think it's great well thank you all so much for giving us so much time we this one has actually been longer than the others but oh, I, yeah just because <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's super interesting yeah. and very different perspectives which is great can we give a little social shout out sure absolutely so our instagram's at zenbooth and our website's www.zenbooth.net aren't they the best can you tell from the quality of the sound how comfortable it, it probably is in one of these Zen Booth products? Don't you just want to get one, climb in, curl up, and think of beautiful ideas to make the world a better place? That's that's how I felt. I don't know. But thank you again to Sam and Bex for giving us all that time. And hey, if you find that your current office environment is really lacking in a quiet, private space to relax, rejuvenate, meet with colleagues, have a private conversation, a Zoom call, definitely check out Zen Booth. As you can tell, they are backed by a small but very effective team that is trying to accomplish more than simply creating a great product. They're really trying to do it sustainably and with humans at the center. So definitely give them a look. And that's it for us for this week. We will be back again next week with some exciting topic. I don't know what yet, but that's also exciting. The unknown, always a thrill. And it's always a thrill to be in your ears. Ew, gross, Ryan, come on. Let's let's not do that. Uh, well, thanks for listening in any case. Oh, and one other thing I should note, we have been getting a boatload of emails. Yes, emails that are coming in by boat 
and coming in by the full load of said boats. Emails asking, when are we going to get to hear from partner number three? That's not a ranking in no particular order. Partner number three, Sean Willis. Well, Sean actually was going to be here today. We were really looking forward to it. And then at the last minute, he had to train his family's adopted cockatoo to perform the entirety of the movie An Unmarried Woman, the 1978 classic by uh, Paul Mazursky, starring Jill Clayburgh. So, you know, it, family first. What are you going to do? Uh, but, Sean, we're thinking about you, and uh, we're going to have you on a, an upcoming episode for sure, no doubt about it. Anyway... As always, please do us the kindness of liking, subscribing, rating, reviewing, the whole nine yards, and tell your marketing colleagues and friends all about this podcast. We are always looking to grow the audience because a bigger audience is always a better audience. I'm sure I can think of exceptions to that rule, but let's just stick with it for now. All right. Thanks, everybody. And we will talk to you next week. Marketable is produced by Notice Pictures. We make podcasts, documentary, and narrative films and are the trusted marketing collaborators for a number of brands and organizations. Check out our work by visiting noticepictures.com. If you'd like to chat or have a topic you want us to explore, drop us a line at marketable at noticepictures.com. And of course, please subscribe, rate, and review the show.